and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. All righty. Okay, guys, I have been looking forward to being with y'all for a long time now. So, woohoo! All right, you might be like, who's this crazy girl up here? All right, my name's Olivia, like Pastor Hillary said. And before we get going, first of all, we got to just do a couple things. Got to give honor to where honor is due. And first of all, to your pastors, Pastor Joel and Pastor Peppy, and all the wonderful campus pastors and Pastor Hillary. Aren't you guys just so grateful for this amazing team here? Like, so I'm from Miami, Florida, and I've had the privilege of getting to travel all over, but I will tell you this, and I'm not lying, that, you know, there is no place like Word of Life. There is no place like this church, and just the pastors, the whole team, the entire service team here, just, you guys got, you are blessed with truly the best people here. And uh, I tell your pastors all the time that any time that I hear them speak, it is like God himself is just talking directly to me. And what an honor that is to be in a place where you hear the voice of God and that God is speaking to us and that we can just hear from him and grow in the word. So I am just so excited and blessed to get to be with you guys. And um, so again, like I said, I'm from, because um, I mean, we're going to talk about Jesus. Don't worry. We're going to get into the word. But before we do that, you, like we're all becoming new best friends here, if you like it or not. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'll warn you again, like I'm, I'm really, I'm d- very dorky. I'm very corny. So you're just going to have to put up with a couple corny jokes for the next 40 minutes or so. Just whatever. Uh, I'm sorry. You guys have to. But um, so I'm just seeing you guys as my new besties. Is that cool with you guys? <laughs> and uh, so a couple things you got to know before we dive into the word. It's like I said, I'm from Miami. Has anyone ever been to the 305 before? 305. Oh, snap. Look at that. All right. I'm in the right place. Well, um, so just so you know, so for you experienced Miamiers that have been there, um, you know what? That means I'm pretty gangster and I'm pretty ghetto. Like you might see a white girl on the outside, but I promise you I am gangster on the inside. All right. And since the time I was like, I'm not. 13 anymore, but when I was 13, I thought, man, this would be really cool to introduce myself like this. My last name's Moore, and I just, in my mind, my 13-year-old mind, I was like, it would be awesome that every time I introduce myself, I go, yo, 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 I'm Olivia Mo. What? Wiki, wiki, wow. And yeah, that's why I had no friends, so I might, <laughs> but for some reason, that has stuck with me, and I still think that is like a legit way to introduce myself to all my new friends. So there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. Uh, my That's my lifelong dream in life is to be a rapper. I already, I'm a break dancer already. Not really, but <laughs> in, in my heart, in my mind, you know, those are my dreams. So can't stop a girl from dreaming, right? My other dream is to be on The Price is Right. That's really gangster. So one day, one day, guys. 
What? Yes, $1, Drew. Come on. I was just telling uh, Pastor Joel and Miss Peppy that I was just at a Christmas party where I didn't know what I was getting myself into. This just, was just a couple days ago. I go to this Christmas party, and they did a legit whole Price is Right thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. My dream is coming true. And I was dressed, I was dressed like a Christmas tree, too. I had, like, <laughs> this really dorky, uh, like, Christmas tree onesie thing on. And, well, I ended up, I don't drink coffee. You should be happy that I don't, but <laughs> I don't drink coffee. I do eat dark chocolate. That's my caffeine. But um, there, um, the first prize I won because they said, okay, if you want to play, get excited. So, yep, I jumped up. And I was like, me, 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 and I got picked. And I won a coffee maker, which was cool because I got the cash for it. <laughs> it was like 200 bucks. I was like, where am I? This is a Christmas party? Like, what the heck? And then I ended up walking away with a three-day cruise from a Christmas party. So, yeah, you should say yes to every invitation you get to a Christmas party. I was like, oh, the rest of the year is the best of the year, praise God. But um, so I share all that to say too that, you know, we are in what is called, you know, by so many, the most wonderful time of the year. And, you know, it is the Christmas season. And um, I've already hinted at this some that, you know, I've always have loved Christmas so much. Any other big Christmas lovers? <laughs> Woohoo! All right. Um, how many of you guys, you know, um, you're always up for like the ugly Christmas sweaters. Do you guys like all that? Yep, okay, yep, I hit up Target Forever 21 after Christmas. You got to get, like, the 99% sales. <laughs> and I've got tubs. I am, like, I kid you not, I have, like, three tubs in my bedroom of all Christmas stuff. Like, just all my, like, crazy Christmas sweaters. Not even just sweaters. They're, like, sweater dresses. Like, I have a snowman one. I have a reindeer one. Like, I'm pretty, like, all or nothing with this. And um, so I've gotten to travel a lot. And I always said the first time I go to New York City, this was another, I have weird dreams, okay? This was another lifelong dream. I was like, whenever I go to New York City for the first time, like, I don't care if it's July. Whenever I go, I'm going to dress up like Elf, and I'm going to run around the city, and I'm going to remake the Elf movie. That, does anyone else have that dream? Like, do you stay up thinking about that at night? Okay. Well, I do. <laughs> and so I ended up going, like, a couple years ago, and I just so happened to have an Elf costume with me. <laughs> like, I was prepared, and yes, I ran around the city and I redid the movie Elf, okay? Like a total dork. <laughs> and it is on my Instagram, okay? <laughs> but got five whole views. But, you know, I ran around the city, had the time of my life, looked like a total nerd. I don't care. I loved it. That was like the prime of my life. So uh, I say all that to say I've always been someone who has just like loved Christmas time and has loved the holidays. But now, you know, with that being said, I would just love for us to take a step farther and just to, you know, take a moment just to kind of pull back a layer and just be really raw and really transparent with you guys. Because I know the heart of the team here and, you know, my heart as well, that we believe in the power of transparency. That we believe, you know, if you're going to be authentic, if you're going to be real, if you're going to be raw and genuine anywhere, let it be in the church. Amen? Let it be in the house of God. Let it be in the place where we want community to thrive. And I love the heart of this house is to, um, to cultivate an environment where we can have that real community and that real fellowship. Because you know what? So often the enemy would love for us to hide our shame, to hide our pain. Why? Because in that hiding, there's isolation and there's darkness. And it's not until something is brought out into the light 
that we're able to walk in the freedom of that thing. And that we want to be real, we want to be authentic in the church with one another, with this community that we can trust. And like I said, you know, I gave you the background that I've always kind of been like this crazy Christmas person, like all or nothing with it. But you know what? If I'm going to be really real with you guys, you know, in the past about three years or so, at this time of the year, there has been so much depression that has tried to creep into my life. And just so much, and you might say, like, wow, that sounds really extreme. You went from saying that you, like, dress up like a Christmas tree to now, like, you're depressed. Like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> but uh, let me just hang on for a moment. That, you know, that there's just been some pain, and I am um, just completely 100% good with being uh, real and transparent with you guys because the enemy would want us to think, oh, we're the only one that's dealing with this. We're the only one that's struggling with this. Like, hey, what's the matter with you? And to keep that uh, in the dark and in the darkness, that's where, uh, you know, those things can fester and thrive and disappointment and discouragement and depression, you know, it, it lives in the dark. But we got to bring it out into the light and to see that, hey, you know what? We're not the only one going through that. And if we're not the only one going through that, you know what? We can get through this together and how much more so God has created freedom for us. Amen. And he wants us to be free and strong together. So with that being said, you know, because of some pain, because of some heartbreak, because of some disappointment, you know, the holidays for so many times, yes, there's people that absolutely never have a problem with keeping their joy during the Christmas time. And I've been like that for years of my life. But as time has gone on, you know what, uh, Christmas, the new year, this time, it can um, so easily be like a marker in our minds, in our life of thinking, you know what, I thought this was going to be the year that that would happen, but it didn't happen. This is another year. I thought it was going to happen, but that dream, you know, wasn't fulfilled again this year. Or that disappointment. It's just, I feel like it can be a time that the enemy can really use to try to magnify some disappointment. And I know that at Word of Life, we know well what disappointment is. What is it from Pastor Joel? You know, disappointment is the gap between what was expected and what was experienced. Maybe we expected, okay, this was the year I was going to get married. This was the year I was going to get that new job. This was the year that I would step out and move. Or this was the year that maybe that we were believing God for children, whatever it might be. But because of some heartbreak, because of some pain, because of some disappointment, the enemy would just want to magnify that during what a season that should be full of joy, should be full of just magnifying the goodness of God, the enemy would want to use it to magnify pain. And magnify what didn't happen, or who's not with you anymore, or what didn't take place. And it might feel like, wow, this is really encouraging. Thanks so much. No. <laughs> but with that being said, if we could just take a moment of prayer and then dive into the word from there. Let's just look to the Lord right now. Father God, we love you, we worship you, and we honor you. And we thank you, Lord, just for the privilege, just for the opportunity to get to be here together tonight. And Lord, our eyes are upon you. God, we're not looking to a man or to a woman, but we're looking to you tonight. We're looking to the Holy Spirit, who is the author and the teacher of the word. And we thank you, Lord, that you have a tailored fit message for each and every one of us. Maybe something that's not even verbally spoken, but we're looking to you tonight, God. That you will just make it alive on the inside of us. That tonight we receive the answers that we need. Just purpose your heart right now. We purpose in our hearts ahead of time to hear from you right now, to press into you right now, Lord. 
and that answers will be given. Clarity, light, freedom, whatever healing we may have need of tonight, God. Healing for hearts, healing for souls, and restoration of vision and expectation for the future. God, take what the enemy would mean for evil and turn it around for good in our life because you do have better for us and you are so faithful. So thank you, Lord, that the word is alive to us tonight, that the light is turned on, and that we purpose in our hearts ahead of time not just to be hearers of that word, but by your grace, we will be doers. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So, you know, if you've found yourself like me, you know, maybe having a more challenging time with the holidays, or maybe it's not even for some of us here tonight, you know, I don't want to just limit it to that. But whatever it might be, if there's something in your life that would try to be a reminder of the pain of the past or a reminder of what hasn't happened yet, you know, a reminder or maybe of something that did happen that we didn't want to happen, whatever would try to be a reminder, it makes me think about how, you know, the Israelites, how um, they would circle around the same place year after year and year. And, you know, God's saying that you were not designed or met to circle around that same mountain year after year after year. But God wants us to be free to go forward tonight. Amen. Free to go forward into the joy, the victory, and the goodness that he has for us, the new thing that he is doing. So I would just ask us this question tonight that, you know, what do we do when the pain of the past, when the pain of disappointments is trying to rob us from the joy of today and the joy of the present season? What do we do? What do we do when all this pain, whatever it might be, you know, the thief, he comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But how many of you know that the devil doesn't just knock on your door with like a red cape and a pitchfork and say, boo, I'm here to destroy you. Ha ha ha, let me in. Like that's not how he works. He's way more subtle than that. He's way more crafty than that. And he will try to uh, so often use the disappointments to weigh and chip away at our soul where we're living life down low like this, but you know, Jesus came to be the glory and the lifter of your head. That he wants us to lift up our eyes, to lift up our hope, and to lift up our expectation on him. So what do we do when all that pain is trying to rob us of the joy of today, the joy of the season of today? Well, you know, I would love to start out in Matthew chapter one, in the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew chapter one, and in this chapter, you know, it goes on to talk about uh, the Christmas story, the true meaning of Christmas, you know, the true meaning of the season. And that would be Matthew, you know, chapter one. And it's talking about, um, you know, what was to come with the birth of Jesus. And in Matthew one, verse 20, the angel of the Lord you know, looks to Joseph and tells him, don't be afraid. He's revealing the plan of God to him about how uh, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 21, this is Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says, and she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful? He is the Savior. He came to save us. He came to do for us what we could never do on our own. He came to save us from that pit, from that pain, 
from that heartbreak. He came to save us from that anxiety. He came to save us from that depression. He is our ever-living help. He is our ever-living hope. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. And then in verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does that mean? Which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. So firstly, I would say, you know, what to do when the pain of the past is trying to rob us of the joy of today and the joy of this present season would be to quit looking at who isn't with us, quit looking at what hasn't happened, and look to the one who is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. Let's not look at what we don't have, what hasn't happened, you know, who's not in our life. Let's look at the one who's never left our side who never will. Amen? He said, I'll never leave you. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he said, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will not forsake you. I will not relax my hold on you. I'll never let go of you. I'll never stop being there. He's always there with you. Amen? Makes me think about the disciples and Jesus when they loaded up in the boat. If you remember, Jesus said something. He said, hey, we're going to go to the other side. I love that, that Jesus, he always declares the end from the beginning. He said, we're going to go to the other side. But then in the middle part of that journey, in the middle part of there in the lake, what happened? This giant storm came up. The disciples became fearful, and they began to, say, they began to panic, and they thought, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? They woke Jesus up. Where was he? Asleep in the back of the boat. But here's the thing, guys. The presence of a storm does not mean the absence of God. The presence of a storm does not mean the absence of God. And we know well that God didn't cause that storm, that, you know, God is not the author of the storm, but God's greater than the storm. Amen? And the God who is with you. It's just like Jesus. He was in the boat with them. He never left their side. He will never leave you. And let's not get our eyes on the winds and the waves like, think about Peter, you know, when Jesus, Peter said, hey, if that's you, tell me to step out of this boat, and I'll walk to you. Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the familiar, stepped out of the known. we got to step out, amen? He stepped out, and when he kept his eyes on Jesus, that's when he walked upon the miraculous. That's when the impossible was made possible in his life. But it was just when he got his eyes on the winds, on the waves, that's when he began to sink. And like the disciples in the boat, it's when their eyes, you know, were on the storm. They were fearful. They thought, Master, do you care? And the enemy works the same way today. He's subtle. He's crafty. And he would try to say, you know, if God really cared about you, you wouldn't be facing the storm that you're facing. If God was really with you, you wouldn't be going through that trial that you're going through. But Jesus said, in this world, we're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. But he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? He said, for I have overcome the world for you. Again, God did not cause that storm. God's greater than the storm. And God will take what the enemy meant for evil. He will turn it around for good in your life. Amen? And just like Jesus spoke to the wind, spoke to the waves, he commanded it to go. There was a great, uh, there was a great calm and peace. It was still. You have authority in your life because of the name of Jesus. He's God with you. You can speak to the storm of, of anxiety, of depression. Command it to go in the name of Jesus. 
Let's keep our eyes on Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Amen? Say, he's God with me. He's God with me. He's God with you. Seasons might change, but you know what? God always remains the same. Things may come and go. God is always with you. God is always on your side. And it makes me think about if we could jump over to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I love this story. And this is, um, you know, here Jehoshaphat is. And there are all of these armies that are coming against him. And it looks like a very hopeless situation. It looks like there is no way out of this one. Has the enemy, uh, has the enemy ever tried to whisper that in your ears, that there's no way out of this one? There's no way you can come out of this. And you know, here Jehoshaphat is, it looks like there is no way out. There's this great multitude that's coming against them. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And here, you know, uh, in verse 3, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. And what to do, you know, when there's chaos all around us. What to do when there's just, uh, I would say this would be a very uh, anxious moment in his life. And what to do when we don't know what to do. Here's the answer in verse 3. It says, and Jehoshaphat feared, but he set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. The Amplified says he set himself determinedly as his vital need to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast in all of Judah. You know, this is something that no one else can do for us. This is something that our mama can't do for us, our best friend can't do for us. No one can make us seek the Lord. No one, you know, can force us to seek the Lord. No one, not our pastor, not, not even God himself can set you to seek the Lord. This is something that we have to decide to do. And in the midst of, I would want us to take this story now, look at our own life. You know, in the midst of maybe it is the pain of the holiday season. Maybe it is the pain of something that you expected to work out that didn't go the way that you thought it would. In the midst of that pain, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to let that disappointment just continue to control and dictate the rest of our life? Or are we going to set ourselves to seek the Lord? Set ourselves to seek the Lord. And I heard Pastor Joel say this morning, let me see, I took a photo of my notes on it. He was talking about worship, and he made this statement. Oh, maybe I don't have it. But he said, let's see if I can remember it. Let's see how good I was listening. Oh, wait, here it is. Um, Oh, I do have it. He said, a life without worship is limited to a life of what we can do. A life without worship is a limited life, is a life that is limited to only what we can do. And, you know, Jehoshaphat, he didn't have the answer in his own strength. But he had the wisdom to say, hey, we're going to seek the Lord in this time. And he proclaimed a fast over that place. And then as the scriptures go on, you know, in verse 6, he started to say, 
Oh, Lord, you are the God of our fathers. You're the God of heaven. And, you know, what is he doing here? He's beginning to magnify who God is because the enemy would want to magnify the disappointment, magnify the heartbreak, magnify, you know, what's wrong in our life. But right here, if we would just take this example and if we would begin to magnify God and to know that, hey, you know, it's not an itty-bitty God and this great big problem, but truly, you know, praise and uh, adoration and worship and giving thanks unto God, it works as a magnifying glass to magnify God, to magnify the answer and not the problem. And, and it's in that place of magnifying God that we're able to receive the answer and able to have the strength to get up from that place of brokenness and to get up and to receive the healing and the strength that we need and the vision for our future. But then in verse 12, I love this because it says, we do not know what to do but our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And anytime I read that verse, it really does make me want to rap. Like, yo, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Okay, that was like not a good beat, but someone beatbox for me. Let's do this. So, <laughs> but when you don't know what to do, our eyes are upon you. Just, did that work? Yeah, okay, that was better, a little bit. All right, getting there, getting there, guys. <laughs> but uh, I just let that ring in your heart that, you know what, when you don't know what to do, let's put our eyes upon him, upon the one that does know what to do. So what to do when we don't know what to do? We put our eyes upon the Lord. And um, you know, in another just moment of transparency, and I was talking about, you know, just some different disappointment that I've walked through, and I only share that to say, you know, whatever disappointment it is that you're going through, that you know that we together, we can set ourselves to seek the Lord. But I remember going in to, uh, okay, what year is it? I was about to say it's 2022. No, we're in 2023, right? Yeah. So going into 2023, in 2022, it was about the day before New Year's Eve, and and um, anyone like the Hallmark movies, like the really cheesy Christmas? Okay, I feel like some people are just raising your hand out of, like, consideration for me. <laughs> but I genuinely usually do like those movies. And um, so, like, New Year's Eve, to me, I have, like, this, like, Disney mind of, like, oh, that's, like, the most romantic day of the year. Like, New Year's Eve. Like, wow. You just start off the year with, like, all these possibilities. Okay. And, um, well, you know, I unexpectedly went through a breakup the day before. New Year's Eve going in to 2023. Woo! Happy New Year! <laughs> so there I was um, at home feeling really pathetic <laughs> on New Year's Eve. You know, there I was at home thinking like, oh, this is not the New Year's Eve I was expecting. <laughs> I am not entering into 2023 the way that I thought this would go. And I remember in that moment, I just wanted to feel pathetic. I just wanted to stay in bed and I wanted to stay there. But, you know, there's just the Holy Spirit is just prompting me in my heart to, you know, to take this time to do what Jehoshaphat did, to set yourself to seek the Lord. So you know what? Even in my pajamas, I went outside to the backyard where I could see all the fireworks. And I was there alone, you know, with God, looking at the fireworks. And I just turned on some worship music. And I just began to worship God right there and just decided, you know, I'm going to go into 2023 having my hope on the Lord. And as I was just in that place of worship with tears running down my face, I couldn't get away from the word surrender. 
And sometimes, you know, if you're going into a new year, um, if you think about like, okay, Lord, what are you saying about this year? And surrender, that's not like the word I wanted to hear. Because <laughs> that sounds painful. <laughs> and that sounds like, oh, geez, like, uh, that doesn't sound so great. <laughs> but uh, it's amazing that that has just been so much a resounding theme in my heart of surrender. And I remember just in that moment of worship, I think the song came on about like, you can have it all, Lord. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my soul, you can have it all, Lord. And just in this moment of complete surrender, just saying that out to the Lord, God, you can have it all. That the Lord just so sweetly spoke back to my spirit and said, and so can you. And so can you. You can have it all. You can have it all. And I would just want to encourage you here tonight that, and you know, and this isn't uh, the message that, you know, I was really planning to do tonight, but it was just so strong in my heart that if we would just get to a place of surrender, and there's just something about worship, about just letting it all go, to releasing what needs to be released, you know, maybe if it's something that you feel like you've been circling around, maybe if it is a relationship that you know that this is not the relationship God has for you, whatever it might be in your season of life, that there is just, um, there is such power in surrender and laying it all down, whatever God says to let go of, to know that, to trust God enough to know that God will take care of you, amen? And God has more for you. And God has the right place, the right person, the right opportunity for you. Amen? And that in that place of surrender, we can even look at closed doors as an opportunity to rejoice. To know that God's saving you for the right door. Amen? That when things don't turn out the way you thought you wanted them to turn out, the way you hoped that they would have, that you can ride along with that surrender, that you can just reaffirm your trust in the living God. The God who will never fail you. So what to do when disappointment tries to dictate your joy? What to do when you feel like you don't know what to do? To come into a place of surrender and live in a place of trust. Amen? And there's something about just a restoration of intimacy with God that just stirs up restoration in your life. There's something about restoring, getting back to that place of worship, getting back to that place of intimacy with the lover of your soul. I went to, to bed the other night, and it just kept ringing in my heart that God was saying, you know what, I want that place in your heart where you're craving for something, you're longing for something, maybe you're longing and craving for that desire of your heart to be fulfilled. God's saying, that's the place in your heart that I want. That's the place, that place of craving, that place of longing, that if we would, and you know what, we get to decide where our desire is. You know how? By what we put our focus on. What we decide to give to our focus to and our attention to, that's where our desire is going to follow. If we give um, attention to the word of God, guess what? You're going to get hungry for the word of God. And it's like, I love ice cream, and I can eat a lot of ice cream. I can sit down, and I can eat, like, the whole half gallon, like, I, especially if it's cookie dough. Like, I love ice cream. But then I can go a long time and be pretty good, and like, hey, I'm not eating ice cream. I'm not eating ice cream. But the moment I start to think about it, and the moment I put my focus on ice cream, guess what happens? I will be at the next, you know, Cold Stone Creamery or, you know, buying a gallon of ice cream, whatever it is. And because whatever you put your focus on, your attention on, that hunger, Hunger, that craving, that desire is going to follow. But we've got to set ourselves 
to seek the Lord. Take time to surrender some things to the Lord, to surrender it all, to surrender the timetable, to surrender, you know, the shortcuts of the flesh, to get, you know, the, the true fulfillment of that promise. Surrender the shortcuts to know. It's like, all right, so whenever I go on vacation, like, um, I'm pretty close to my parents and everything, and me and my dad, we get along great, except if I'm driving a four-wheeler or, uh, or like a jet ski, and if he's on the back of me, then we don't get along so good. Because <laughs> he always says, like, ah, uh, like Olivia knows two speeds, fast and faster, and he knows two other speeds, slow and slower. <laughs> so it's a bad mix. You know, if I'm trying to drive something, he will freak out, and then I will freak out, and that's great. <laughs> but um, you know what? It doesn't always work that way, that, that faster, faster mentality. You know, it doesn't always work within uh, the timetable of what we would want. And, you know, God's greater than our timetable. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows, he knows the plans that he has for you. He knows the plans. We might not know. Guess what? God knows the plans. He delights in every detail of your life. Amen? And he wants to give you those desires of your heart even more than you want them. God is a faithful God. And we can do it. Proverbs 3, um, Pro Proverbs 3 uh, verses 5 and 6. Let's hope I got that right. I should know that. <laughs> I'll turn there just to be sure. Here we go. Oh, yes. Okay, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in what you can do. Trust in what you can make happen. No, to trust in the Lord. Surrender what we can do on our own. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct you your path. The Amplified says, lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all of your heart and mind. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your path. A couple of different translations here. Let me see. The message says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. He's the one who will keep you on track. And the passion says, trust, lean on, rely, and be confident. In oh, no, this is a different scripture. All right, Psalms 37. <laughs> Psalms 37 goes along with trusting in the Lord. And in this, this is in the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, trust, lean on, rely on, be confident in the Lord, and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness, and truly you shall be fed. Sorry, guys, this is the Amplified. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your loathe on him. Trust, lean on, rely, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. This is the Passion Translation of that. It says, keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. What do we do when we don't know what to do? Here's the answer. Keep trusting in the Lord. Just keep on trusting. 
Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will dwell in the land, feasting on his faithfulness. Find your delight and your true pleasure in Yahweh and he will give you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life and as you trust him along the way, you'll find that he pulled it off perfectly. Amen? you'll find that he will pull it off perfectly. And in Matthew 6, in the message, it talks about um, to keep company with God, that he will attend to you, and he will do the best for you. Amen? Another uh, scripture says to keep company with God, and he will give you the very best. We need to surrender to God. We need to trust in him. And as I begin to close, you know what, as we continue to do that, as we put our eyes on Emmanuel, the God who is with us, as we surrender, as we live a life of worship, as we live a life of surrender, and we live this life of trust, you know what? The God of the breakthrough, he will come through for you. The God of restoration, as we restore that intimacy with God, he will restore in your life. And that was something, here's the thing, I talked about how, you know, surrender was like a big theme that I saw in, a, in, this, in this year that we currently are in. Well, you know what's been ringing in my heart for 2020? 24 is that God's been saying, I will restore. I will restore. I will restore. That God is a God of restoration. Here's the good news. We don't have to wait till 2024. <laughs> that, you know, that we can begin to experience that restoration even now as we're closing out the year. And, you know, my heart tonight would just be to encourage you to not let this end of the year, you know, this, uh, these last few weeks of 2023, rather than letting it be a time of pain, a time of disappointment, a time of looking at what didn't happen, let's look to the God who is for you and not against you. Amen. Let's look to the God who he is the God of restoration. Amen. I just want to stir up your faith right now with some restoration that there's so many scriptures all throughout the Bible. You know, you think about Joel 2.25. He said that I, the Lord, your God, I will restore the years. I'll redeem the time. In the CEV version, he said, I, the Lord, your God will make up for the losses. Amen. Whatever you feel like you lost in life, guess what? God will turn it to be a win in your life. Whatever you feel like, you know, was pain in your life, God wants to bring gain into that very situation. God wants to give you double for your shame. Amen? He wants to give you triumph in your troubles. He is the God of restoration. And it's in that place of intimacy with him, in that place of surrender and trust in him, that we lay it all aside to pick up the right thing that God has for you, the restoration that God has for you, that we can set our hope on him. Like Psalms 34, it talks about that when we look to him, those who look to the Lord will never be disappointed. Those who look to the Lord, their faces will be radiant. And those who look to the Lord will not be disappointed, will not be put to shame. But you know that God wants to lift you up out of that place. And you know, he does want to give you double for your trouble, that for your shame, Isaiah 61 says, he will give you double. He will give you a recompense. Amen. That God has more for you. He is the God who will restore. He'll do more. He'll make it even better than it was before. Amen. He'll make it better than it was before. And here's the thing. 
You know, we got to know how the enemy works. We know that Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, you know, the thief, he also works the same way yesterday, today, and forever. And it's like when the Israelites, when God brought them out of Egypt, this is in Exodus 14, and when God was bringing them out of Egypt, you know, there they were. They felt like they were in between a rock and a hard place, like quite literally. They had the, the Egyptians chasing behind them, and they had the Red Sea in front of them, and it looked impossible. And you know what they said in that place as the going got tough? You know what they said? They began to look back. They began to look back, and they said, you know what? Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? They said, it was better for us when we were back in Egypt. It was better for us back in Egypt. And you think about that, and you say, wait. And you just want to say, like, wait, what? What are you saying? You're saying it was better for you when you were a slave? When you were under Egyptian bondage? That was a better life for you? And they were saying it was better for us. You know, the thief, he works the same way. He will try so hard to romanticize the past, to get us locked into the past. Why? Because he knows God actually has better for you in your future. God has better for you in your future. And who said anything about dying out there in the wilderness? That wasn't what, what God had for them. The enemy fed that to them. The enemy said, you're not going to make it out of this one. What did God say? God said, tell my people to be still. And then he went on and he said, and then they looked to the Red Sea. And then God said, tell my people to go forward, to go forward. That's what God has for you, to go forward. Amen. And he's a God of provision. He's a God that he has provided. He has the path of restoration for you. Amen. Before that problem ever came up, he had the victory in place for you. Before the thing that took you by the surprise and tried to shake your life, shake your world, guess what? God's not shaken. God's not moved. And he is the God of provision. And I think about that word provision. Well, you know, let's just break it down. You got pro, you got vision. And when, wherever you see pro, that, that indicates and that denotes some forward motion. Think about, you know, like... Um, if you think about uh, propel or you think about promise, you think about whatever, any of the one progress, any of those words, it's denoting some forward action. So there we got pro, uh, pro vision. Well, what does vision mean? It means sight. And God is the God who sees ahead of time. He has forward vision, forward sight. And he's seen the place. He's seen the difficulty that you're in. He's seen the trial that you're in. But he has even seen beyond that. And he sees your restoration. And he's provided that restoration for you. Think about Abraham. There he was. He, he finally received the promise from God. And, you know, there he was following his heart. He, uh, he was about to sacrifice this very promise from God. He was about to sacrifice. He was in complete surrender. He was in complete trust. He was about to sacrifice the very thing he had been waiting for. About to sacrifice. And what happened? That's when the ram came out of the bush. That's where provision was made. In that place of surrender. In that place of trust. And then that's where they call him Jehovah Jireh. He's the God of provision. Amen. He's the God of provision. He has provided and prepared ahead of time your restoration. Amen? He has restoration for you. He said, I, the Lord your God, I'll make up for the losses. 
I'll restore your joy. I'll restore your soul. I'll make life better than it was before God has better for you in your future. What God will do for you in your future is far greater than anything we've seen in the past. Amen? Keep going forward. We can trust him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord. He will not fail you. He will not let you down. Amen? And let's just go ahead. Let's pray together right now. Father God, we love you. We worship you. And we thank you, God, that you are the God of restoration. You are the God who will not fail us. You are the God, like in Deuteronomy 30, you said, I will restore everything that was lost. You said, I will outdo myself in making things go well for you. And we thank you, God. We say, do that here, God. You know, if we could just stand up together as a church family, let's just stand up in this place. And if we could just take a moment Rather than going into 2024 feeling defeated, rather than, you know, leaving this year feeling like, wow, look at what didn't happen. Look at everything I went through. How about we purpose in our hearts that we're going to, where the enemy would try to bring pain. Instead, we're going to press past the pain and we're going to press into the presence of God. Amen. We're going to look to Emmanuel, who is God with us. We're not going to look to what isn't with us, who, what hasn't happened. We're going to look to God who is with us. We're going to surrender. We're going to trust him, amen. And in that place, he's going to bring restoration. And he's going to show off his provision of restoration. Think of all he's prepared for you, the good life he has for you, amen. So let's just purpose right now that tonight is our night that we can lay aside some of those weights. Whatever it is, whatever has been trying to weigh down on your heart, chip away from your expectation of the future, but, you know, Jesus, he is the healer of the brokenhearted. And just like he heals physical bodies, he wants to heal your heart tonight. He wants to restore your soul tonight. And right along with being the healer of the brokenhearted, he is the God who brings sight to the blind. He wants to bring restoration to your heart and bring expectation for the future. Expectation, think of all God will do in your future. Amen? Think of all God, what God is doing behind the scenes. So tonight, if there are some things that tonight you can just lay it down, to lay down those weights, to lay down those hurts, to lay down the things that didn't go the way that we thought they would go, to lay down that confusion and say, God, I trust in you. I trust in you, and you will not fail me. Maybe if there's someone we need to forgive, maybe that person is ourself, whatever it might be. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's make the choice to forgive, and let's make the choice to let it go and to go forward because God has better for you. So I'll pray over you guys, and then I would just invite you to have a time of worship. But Father God, I just thank you for each person. Let's just lift up our hands to God right now. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here, every heart, every person. And Jesus, just heal and touch each person here tonight. Pour out your love. Just bring the encouragement that only you can bring. Bring a word to them right now, God, to let them know that you have not failed them, you have not forsaken them, but you are God with them. And you are the God who's not only with them in the fire, but you're the God who brings them out without the smell of smoke on them. You're not only the God that's in the, the storm with them, but you're the God that will take them to the other side. So we thank you, Lord. Heal every heart here. Restore sight, God. 
and just stir up a fresh joy and a peace that passes all understanding. Redeem this time. Let this be the most wonderful time, the best. Let the rest of the year be the best of the year for them, God, because we're going to press into you, and we're going to look to you, and we're going to go into 2024 just full of strength and victory, and we're going to continue to see you restore because, God, you're saying to each person here tonight, God's saying, do not remember the former things. He's saying, behold, I am doing a brand new thing. I am doing a brand new thing, and now it springs forth. He said, what I'm doing in your life doesn't even compare to what, to what you've seen. We thank you, God, that you have better for us. So we worship you tonight, and we trust you, God. And we thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen.